Up next on Inside the SECA, talking endurance racing with Eric Prill. Welcome back to Inside the SCCA. This week, we're talking about uh, SCCA Pro Racing and Enduro, the new Enduro series. Our guest this week is Hayward, I mean, Eric Prill. <laughs> Not I, the first time that's happened. All right. So I know there's a story here. I, I didn't I didn't make a mistake. I know who I'm interviewing. But I understand there's a story. Hayward and you have, I guess, a similar look, maybe. But what's the story about what's it? We, we were we were at a southeast convention, southeast division convention a few years ago. And, <laughs> uh, Hayward was was up speaking in front of a group of people, and uh, the the location was under construction, so there were a bunch of tents, and it was kind of cold. So we were where we were bundled up. We had you know soft shell jackets that said SCCA on it, zipped all the way up, and I guess. Um, when you've got two bald guys with beards, even though even though one of us is, you know, a good four or five inches taller than the other. I was going to say, other, Hayward's a half a foot taller than you. Yeah, yeah. And uh, his beard's a little little redder. Mine's grayer now than I think it was back then. But um, Hayward was up there doing things that Hayward does, which is saying controversial things from time to time, um, but, but dropping a lot of knowledge. And uh, there was a longtime member who uh, owned a, uh, an MG Midget. Um, and Hayward may have said something about how I think the comment was a modern day minivan actually handles better than a stock MG midget, which is true. Um, now, you can certainly make an MG midget handle way better than, than a minivan. But um, this individual did not take too kindly to uh, to that uh, to that statement. So she uh, she came up to me and was reading me the riot act. Um, and I could see Hayward standing about 10 feet away, snickering as he always does, but not jumping in to bail me out. And I finally said, uh, I, I, hi, my name is Eric. I think you want to talk to Hayward and that's Hayward over there. That's so, so, um, so we, we, we spent the rest of the week, uh, switching name tags. And, um, even when we went up to present an award, um, I think we used each other's names. So we very nice, on that, very nice. Yeah. It's funny. I, I always joke that, you know, uh, the, 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 MG Midget, if you get it to start, might be, you know, I love picking on Lucas Electronics. So <laughs> and, been, been there, been there, lived through that. And I think, you know, a little bit about that as well, you know, and uh, and I've I've known Hayward since he was an annoying college student. And I've told him this actually on the podcast back when he just got started playing with us. You know, he had these group of college friends that would come to the races at Road Atlanta, where I was living at the time and and involved with Atlanta region. And and, you know what he's when you say that he he was saying something controversial, he did that back in the 90s as a college kid. Uh, oh, he's still well. annoying. Yeah, he's still annoying. Oh, I know. I know. <laughs> You know, and in mostly good ways. So it's it's uh, no, I, he's a he, he's a good guy. So yeah. For those of you who might not have listened to part one of this episode and just wanted to tune in for the enduro discussion, Eric Prill is with us today. He is the SCCA vice president of road racing, and he's heading up this new enduro program. So we wanted to talk about that. The first episode talking about uh, our our relationship with pro racing went so long. 
that we want to dedicate a separate episode to the Enduro program, and that's what this is. So we'll pick up our episode with Eric Prill talking about the new SECA Enduro program. Let's get to this most recent new thing in the SECA. So here's there's there's two things going on with this Enduro series. Okay, so the ha- half of the membership saw this announcement that there's going to be an endurance series, rolled their eyes and said, oh, gosh, what's the SCCA getting there, getting there, getting the, getting us into the other half of the membership went, oh, this is something that we want to do. It's been great. We love endurance racing and an opportunity to do it within the SCCA and not having to go and get involved with another organization. This is awesome. So let's let's address both of those sides of the membership. <laughs> Why today is the right time for the for the for the SECA to get involved in a more organized level with creating an endurance experience for the club members? What's what what makes today the time to do that? Well, I think because we've discussed this at various times, probably for the past five years, maybe even longer. I mean, obviously, we've been looking at what other organizations have been doing. You know, we, we can look back through the history and, you know, I grew up in Ohio, so I, I went to the first, I don't know how many, 24 hours of Nelson. My dad raced in many of them. Um, so I grew up going to those. So I, I have a deep connection to that um, from my childhood. But it's something we got out of because the success of what we did there turned into professional racing. And while we've had some endurance racing through the years, it's kind of dwindled away now to enduros that are, you know, 90 minutes long, which, you know, which is not is an to, enduro, by the way, it's not it's an enduro a long and, race and it's not. And, and I'll tell you something, it's not um, by our new definition. It's not, it's not considered an enduro either um, as far as the new program is concerned. So we we're looking at a lot of data. We look at a lot of data here, participation data, trends, um, five-year trends, 10-year trends, 12, 15-year trailing trends. And one of the things that we've seen, and anecdotally, we knew this, but when we finally looked at the data and understood what was happening in the industry, it led us to this decision. And, and the data showed we were down, we are down since right around 2010, we are down 100 regional races. At the same time, the endurance organizations have popped up. And I mean, I know some of them were around a little bit before that, you know, started to plant the seeds a little bit before that. But in 2019, the endurance calendar, when you mashed everybody up all together, had 100 weekends on it. Right. So when people ask, what are you doing to help regional racing? The question really became, is regional racing really what people want? And it's not a coincidence that we've lost 100 regional, re, regional racing weekends and there are now 100 enduro weekends. So we can't ignore that. Plus, as you've said, people that want to get involved in endurance racing, and, th- and this can be road racers or this can be people that are doing other things because in, enduro racing has become a great way to introduce people to wheel-to-wheel racing. Um, it, it is, uh, you know, because of the team atmosphere, you've got built-in mentors with your mm-hmm. teammates, yep. uh, people that can help you along. Um, 
you've got a, a little bit lower pressure uh, structure. Um, if we run races where they're not so cutthroat, where um, you don't have you don't have the uh, allowances of uh, racing incidents, right. you know, where where when there's contact, there are consequences, as opposed to just uh, brushing it off as a racing incident, as we may do in, in uh, sprint racing. So this is an opportunity for people who are already members of SCCA to continue racing, to, to get their racing fix with the SCCA, to introduce them to wheel-to-wheel -wheel action, or people that are already road racing and, and want to do endurance racing. We know a lot of our members are going out and, and scratching their endurance racing edge right. um, with other, with other organizations. Um, so it's something we need to do. You know, we're a club We're we're here to provide members with opportunities to do the things that they want to do. There's an opportunity here. We believe that, um, you know, I think that we've talked about it's a crowded pool. Are we jumping into a crowded pool? Yeah, we are. We're jumping into a crowded pool. We recognize that. Are, are we late to the party? Some would say, yes, we are late to the party. But I will say this is the right time for us to get involved because of some of the things we've been doing with other programs, particularly on the experiential side. Mm -hmm. We've uh, we've got these events. Track night is, is now becoming a mature program with 50,000 participants over, over you know, its first six years five, six years, though there are a lot of people there that are looking for it. a lot of people just want to come and drive on the track and that's right. cool. And that's great. Um, you know, it should be our, our largest program participant wise and, and, you know, outside of autocross it is because it's, it's the easiest way you can right. do it. Right. But there are people that then want to take the next step. Well, we've now we've revamped the time trials program. Right. Um, there's, there's a way to not, you're not doing wheel to wheel yet, but now you're, you're a little more serious about it. It's competitive now. Now, okay, let's add a little bit of wheel-to-wheel -to, -wheel to that. So what we were able to do is purposely build a program and a structure. Um, this is separate. This program is separate from the GCR. Um, it's, it's got a new rule book. And the GCR is the general competition rules. That's, the, that's what uh, uh, operates our traditional sprint racing, uh, road racing program. So when we develop this and the licensing qualifications and criteria, we now have a direct way for you to go from track night in America and experience in that um, or time trials into a wheel to wheel situation on a rookie license in Enduro. And that's something we, we haven't had in road racing. We don't have that direct correlation. You can get there, but you've got to, you know, you've got to go and work through people. You've got to go and be observed and, and to do some of that. So this was an opportunity for us to bridge some of the gaps that have been missing. We've needed some bridges. Right. Um, this was a good way to build a bridge uh, between the experiential programs and wheel-to-wheel uh, -wheel road racing competition. Right. You know, and, and I'll admit it. We, you know, there there have there was a time when the SCCA was the only game in town. You know, for decades. You know, the only real place to go and do entry-level road racing that was not carts in the U.S was the SECA that has evolved over the last 25 years. And I will admit to being probably what most would say an SECA elitist 
when all of these organizations popped up, I had a hundred reasons why I didn't want to get involved with them, you know, and one of the ones I always questioned was, you know, the safety concerns with going with some of these other organizations and uh, which may or may not have been a valid excuse. That was one of the excuses I came up with. And uh, and then we have in the last, like you said, you know, 10, 12 years, some of these other organizations have popped up to do these endurance races. And some of them were kind of kitschy in their in their concept, which I kind of rolled my eyes at again, probably SECA elitism, you know, and then and but but when I would talk to people who would who would actually go and do those events, I, I would get just glowing reports of how much fun they were having. <laughs> you know, even if it was with a crazy looking car or whatever the case may be, they were having a blast. The other argument that I've heard for years about SCCA as a detractor is you spend all this money, you go for a race weekend and at best you're on the track for an hour and 15 or an hour and 20 minutes, you know, and, and that's, and track time is for many people, the decision-making process, whether I'm going to go race at an SCCA sprint event or I go do an enduro where I'm going to be able to spend maybe three, four, five hours in the car over if it's a 24 hour race versus, you know, the, the amount of time I'm going to get an SCCA weekend. And, you know, there are some people that just love the sprint racing format that feel like they're dead at the end of 35 minutes in a race car. There are other people who want to go and get that time. And, and the SCCA has generally speaking, not had a place for that. And, and so I completely understand the allure of endurance racing. I love the, the strategy behind it. I love the fact that you have to have your buddies at, you know, around to help you change the tires on the car. And it becomes something where you can get a bigger group of like-minded people again. And, and, and it's as much of a social thing for many people as it is for a racing thing. And, and that's a great part of what I think we're, we can dabble into by going with this endurance series. Yeah, and, and I think you hit the nail on the head. SCCA is about doing things with cars with your friends. And our racing program has been, and you know, some of my very best friends are people that I go out and race with, but we race against each other. And that's fun too. I mean, it's all, you know, it's like uh, playing one-on-one -on -one basketball where, you know, you want to beat your buddy, but you're having a good time and, you know. Sure. Uh, but at the end of the day, if you can do the same activity and you're working together and you're celebrating the exact same win or loss or consoling each other on the loss, you know, that the, the concept of team is something that I, that's, that's really intriguing to me. Right. I've been doing sprint racing now for 25 years, maybe longer. And the idea of doing this activity with some of my buddies um, and working together on that. I mean, we already work together to help each other out here and there on our own cars, but to do it and, and to pull those resources and everything together and to do something where you can win together or lose together. I mean, that's, um, that, that's, that's another great connection that we have in this club. I mean, this is a social club first and foremost, right? Um, we, you know, I look around and, 95% of my friends are because of motorsports. Right. So but, let's, let's do it all together. Right. Right. Let's talk about this rule book. You, you, you right off the bat, you made it clear that this has a different rule book and it's not the GCR. So let me ask the question. Uh, and I, I'm, well, let me ask the question. 
there are already cars out there doing endurance racing with other with other groups. And then we have our rule book with our cars. How does this endurance racing rule book get the cars who are already racing in SCCA in into this endurance series, as well as draw in people from maybe some of these other groups, possibly? Because I don't think that eventually people might purpose build race cars for the SCCA endurance series. But at the start, I'm guessing the goal is to pull people in who are currently racing SCCA and maybe some people currently racing with some of these other series, right? Yeah. I mean, a a race car is a race car. So uh, none of these cars are markedly different from each other. And we wanted to build a rule set where it would be welcoming to cars that, that people had already built, build the car you want to build. Um, here's the formula. We're not going to paint a really tight box that you have to stay in. We've got some, we've got kind of one big, really loose box, which is to say your car can't be over a certain displacement or a certain adjusted displacement. And I'll get into that in just a second. Right. But, but our goal was to not be as red regimented. Look, the GCR has classes and has to be focused within those classes on balance of performance because it's sprint racing. It is about trying to run the same lap times. Right. Um, you know, that you go to time trials, it's even more specific because you're only, you're talking about running one lap, um, you know, and, and, in, and in sprint racing, you're talking about over, you know, 35, 40 minutes. Right. In endurance racing, it's, is BOP important? Ish. Um, if you look at the most important things to, uh, toward, uh, a successful result that where balance of performance may be number one or number two on a sprint, uh, racing series, it's like number seven or number eight on an endurance series. So we have four classes, so it's a pretty wide net, uh, the speed for people that are in SCCA speak is probably from a B-spec car up to maybe a T2 car. Mm-hmm. So that's so that's the types of speeds we're talking about. Everybody's on 200 treadwear tires. Um, <clears throat> each class has a tire size limit. So uh, if you build a really fast car that, um, you know, it may burn the tires up faster. Each, each class has a fuel displacement limit. Got it. So if you build a car that's got a lot of power, you're going to use a lot of fuel. Right. So that now we're getting into strategy, right? Right. Um, and each class has a displacement limit. So it starts with the base displacement of the car. Um, it uh, assigns a weight based on that. And we have limits for each class. E4 is the lowest class. 1.9 liters is the, is the displacement limit. There are some modifications that will penalize your uh, displacement. So if you, uh, for instance, if you have a wing on the car, um, it adds, it's got an adder to the displacement. So now you're displacing, now your 2.5 liter car becomes a 2.75 liter car. If you put a a splitter on the front, that's another, that's another quarter of a point of displacement. Right. Um, So, you know, you're up to, you're up to, I don't do math very well, uh, three liters. Sure. So, so that may bump you now to the next class. Um, but with the next class, you're allowed to run a little bit bigger tire. So basically we, we built a calculator. Um, 
and we're just getting to where we're finalizing that. In fact, the board of directors, uh, I think, is just voting on our rule set to, to implement it uh, that had been in draft form and, and out there for public consumption for the last six weeks or so. Right. Um, so it really is designed to be welcoming, right? Uh, but to set some parameters, but to set some performance parameters in an endurance sense. Right, right. So we are not, um, the interesting thing, and this is what, you know, a lot of the letters have said, you know, I can't believe you're not going to be specific to OE parts. And, you know, basically we're saying the internals on the engine are, are free. Because here's the, here's the big thing, and this is the big departure from sprint racing, from SCCA sprint racing. We don't want this to turn into a technical, exor- a technical compliance exercise at the end of the races. At the end of the races, we want four or five easy things to check, weight, uh, fuel capacity, tire size, displacement, and is there forced induction hanging off your car? Do you have coilover shocks? Do you have wings on it? These are easy things to look at. We don't want to have to take stuff apart. Right. We don't want to have to look at a lot of parts and determine, is that the, the OE part that came on that? Sure. Um, you know, anybody that was at the runoffs or, or followed the runoffs this year knows that there was a lot of discussion about what, how can we tell what an OE part is? You know, we don't have right. 10 tra- tractor trailers of, of OE parts from 1980 something Volkswagens, and, right. you know, 2000 BMWs. So, how can we make this manageable at a region level? Because ultimately, while we while we've got a series and we've got a national championship, ultimately this is a tool for SCCA regions to put events on. This nice. is this is a way for SCCA to have endurance racing, coast to coast, border to border, because we have SCCA regions all over the country access to racetracks, and we want it to be a program that people can manage. And not be one of these, well, we can't really check that here. Right. Because we don't have XYZ resource. We don't have a dyno. We don't have we don't have the equipment to take this, that, or the other thing apart. And the other thing was, you know, our, our national championship event at Sebring is gonna end um, in darkness with fireworks at you know 10, 10 30 p.m. The last thing we want to do is to, is do four hours of tech after that. Right. You know, we want everybody to go have a good time. I mean, let's let's celebrate, right? You made it to the right, finish, right? So that's so, what the rule set was really bit built around with, right. with with those philosophies. So, in thirty seconds or less, how do these rules compare to some of the other endurance series? Are they in line with, or are they just a complete departure? Um, I mean, there's some similarities. Uh, I think I think uh, most of them start with uh, some sort of a baseline vehicle. And then have uh, modifiers or penalties or points right. or or <clears throat> adjustments in some way uh, for certain things that you've put on your car. Um, we uh, we had a lot of people talking about power to weight, you know, power to weight with dynos. Um, that's certainly one way to to address uh, a balance of performance or classification. But but again. You know, if we were just running a four, five, six event series, um, it's reasonable to get a dyno to an right. event. But, you know, if we're going to have a region that's going to have a 30 car event at some point, and the only way they can check rules compliance is to have a mobile chassis dyno there or, or have a dyno nearby, um, 
that that's that's not a successful program for us, you know, long term. Right. So right. we had to look we had to look at a way to kind of come up with the same sort of thing, um, you know, and obviously it's going to be a work in progress. I'm sure there will be some tweaks to our formulas. Um, but ultimately, you know, it is about, it, you know, and, and other series have more points. They have points limits. Right. Um, but there's also, you know, opportunities there where, you know, you, you don't really know what's inside somebody's engine, inside right. somebody's transmission. And do you want to get into taking things apart? So, right. um, uh, so you know, I, I, I do think that it's a manageable rule set. And right. that's one of the things that I think is really important for anybody that's running a motor a racing series. Can you have a rule set that you can actually enforce? We're going to take a quick break here for this week's news. And after the news, we'll dig a little deeper into how the sausage was made. Welcome back to Inside the SECA. Here's the week's headlines. 2022 solo national tour and pro solo schedules allowed. The national tour schedule has a dozen events running from March to December. Pro solo has 11 dates from March to August. The 49th annual Tire Rack Solo Nationals Championship is at Lincoln Air Park in Nebraska, September 6th to the 9th, and the Pro Solo Finale is also in Lincoln, September 2nd to the 4th. There's a link to the full schedule in the show notes. One of the SCCA's biggest and longest partners, Tire Rack, is now owned by Discount Tire. The merger won't have any impact on Tire Rack's relationship with the SCCA. The SCCA and Tire Rack have been partners for 25 years. Inside the SCCA, I'm Alex Volansky. So two things, uh, well, a couple things. Uh, There was a committee who was put together to put this together. This wasn't just some SCCA brain fart and someone said, oh, let's do an endurance series. And then a week later, they announced a rule set and endurance series. There was a whole lot of forethought that went into this. Tell us a little bit about who was on that committee so people could get an idea what was the talent and knowledge base that put together all of this. Sure. So uh, the committee was formed initially, it was quite a while ago. Um, And then COVID hit and it went on pause. Um, so when the committee finally got ramped up last December, a year ago, basically, to start work, um, we, we st- the, the committee, the board structured the committee very much like it structured the time trials committee, which has um, some staff uh, sitting on the, uh, as, as voting board members, had a couple of board liaisons, big board, board of directors liaisons that are also voting members and then members at large that are voting members. So the committee, uh, as it started, um, I was named the chairman um, just as the head of road racing. Um, So uh, we had myself, Hayward Wagner uh, was on the committee. Deanna Flanagan, our director of road racing was on the committee. Um, On the, from the board of directors, we had Steve Strickland, um, who is the vice chair of the board um, and Jeff Zersmead, who's uh, on the West coast. And then our at-large members um, were Lee Hill, who has done a lot of endurance racing, was former chairman of the board, not not on any boards right now. Um, Tom Suttard, who is the head of marketing for Grassroots Motorsports, um, big in the endurance game. He's Mm -hmm. pretty much done everything in SCCA, um, but had never served on a board or committee. Uh, Adam Jabay, who... uh, is the competition director for grid life, um, has been, uh, wait a second w- w- with who 
grid life. That's a naughty word, isn't it? Nope. Nope. We've, uh, that's sarcasm, by the way. Yeah. We've had a pretty good relationship with grid life and, and, you know, Adam and, and the guys that, that are on the competition side there are, are all experienced SCCA people. So, um, I, I just uh, say, because I see on, I see, why aren't we more like grid life, you know, and, and everybody thinks that that that's just this horrible thing to be like more like grid life. I don't agree necessarily. And I love the idea that the club reached out to someone from grid life to help us create what this next thing is. That's fantastic. Continue. Sorry. I digress. Yep. (laughs) No. uh, And he's, you know, he's great to have Adam's a character, anybody that knows him. So he's been great to have, um, uh, Jim Rianga uh, was on the board, uh, had to step off. He had a, <clears throat> a brand new job, uh, but Jim brought some insights from a, from a autocross and, uh, and, uh, and he's done some endurance racing as well. So um, that's the group that, and, and we worked a lot on philosophy. What, what did we want it to be? What's our why statement? You know, why are we doing this? Um, so we can always have a parameter when we start talking about something and go back to it. Um, and I, I should mention, um, he's not officially on the board yet, but uh, John Krolowitz, who uh, has been instrumental in the launch of Track Night in America and the reboot of Time Trials, has now come over. Um, uh, he's on staff uh, from the experiential department, and he's going to lead our efforts here. Um, he's actually the guy that's been putting together a lot of these mashup events um, where we're putting, we're, we're taking a road race, a school an autocross, a uh, track event, a time trials, a rally cross, a road rally, and, you know, uh, mashing it all together into one weekend. So cool. Um, cool. he's going to continue to do that. We, we like to call him uh, the event enabler um, <laughs> and, and work with regions to do that. But he's going to be on point for getting this thing off the ground for us in, uh, in 2022. All right. We're quickly running out of time. So let's get this uh, to the last two points here. Let's talk about one. Are these going to be all the same length races or are they going to vary from event to event? I think the basic uh, for the, for these first uh, events and the the Enduro national tour, which has just been announced um, the Enduro national tour events will, will look very similar to what people are seeing in the marketplace where it's two races. It's a race on Saturday, a race on Sunday, you know, seven, eight hours in length. The national championship race at Sebring is going to be a cumulative race. It's going to be 20 hours in length, run over two days. Um, we are going to go to sleep. So um, you won't get that opportunity to drive in the middle of the night. Um, you know, maybe there will be an opportunity for us to do a, a long form 24 hour race. Um, but right now we're going to focus on, uh, on, on getting this off the ground with the, sure. with the twin, with the twin races. I will say you could still have the sleep in the middle and start the second day at 4 a.m. or 5 a.m. and get that same experience. Let me just throw that out there for the future. Uh, <laughs> I, I'll be there to to drive that shift. If anybody's looking for a driver for that 4 a.m. shift, I am your man. I'm sure you're hired. <laughs> I am your man. I'm sure I'll I'm sure I'll be part of that. So, all right. So, so let's go through the schedule because this is well, it'll be out before Friday. I think it's. When this podcast launches, this will already been out for a couple of days, but uh, no one has seen this yet as we speak today. So I'm, I'm excited about this. Let, let's we, I, we, we do this in other series. They do the 24 hours at Daytona as the first race of the year of the big race for IMSA and all of that. But the national championship race is going to be the first event being held. What's up with that? <laughs> so, so when we look at SCCA and um, 
some of the things that it's best known for. What are the things that SCCA does that no other organization does? To win an SCCA national championship at the runoffs, at the solo nationals, at the rally cross nationals, those are the, those are the pinnacle championships for that activity. Um, we know how to put those events on. There is a tremendous amount of prestige in going for an SCCA national championship. I, I fought, you know, scratched, clawed for 17 years trying to win one of those suckers. And so we're going to lead with that. We're, we are going to lead with that. It's, is it a plant? It's, it's basically a plant the flag type of event for us. Uh, it's going to be a model event. Um, and then these, uh, these four national tour events are going to be um, structured in the, in, in the model of that, much like the solo national tour uh, are <clears throat> kind of taking solo nationals on the road. Right. Uh, we're going to take enduro nats on the road for the, for these ENT races. And really the, you know, we, we felt we needed to do an endurance national tour one. There's already a market out there. We're, we completely recognize that right. there are successful events out there. There are people, there are events that people love to go to. We need to go out and work with our regions to introduce our concept in, in what we envision endurance to be to the market. We need to work with our regions. We need to make sure that our regions don't, don't get hurt putting these events on, you know, this is a, this is a long-term <clears throat> commitment for SCCA. We're going right. to do this endurance tour for at least three years. Um, we're going to, you know, support and invest in this. So uh, we've sprinkled these around the country so that we can kind of hit different markets around the country so that everybody can get a, a taste of it and a sense for it. And then we can work with regions to, uh, to hopefully get them to put their own events on starting in 2023. So the first event, March 31st to April 2nd at Sebring, one of the things I was talking to you about before we started recording was I love the oh. idea that obviously Sebring is an iconic endurance racing venue and, you know, it's it's world world known for the 12 hours. And I think it's fantastic that that's where the national championship is. The second event, May 21st, 22nd at Nelson Legends, uh, Ledges, also in, in the club and endurance racing world, an iconic location for years, the longest day at Nelson, 24-hour race on a track that was a brutal racetrack to race on back <laughs> in the day. It was the bumpiest thing. It was like running on, you know, those uh, rumble strips as you pull up to the toll booth? That was what Nelson was like <laughs> and, and to go and to go 24 hours on that was crazy. So that's the second event. And then there's an event August 6th and 7th at Virginia at VIR uh, here in California, November 19th and 20th at Buttonwillow. I'll be available if anybody wants to put me in a car. And uh, that's a discussion that you can just give me a call. You all know how to find me. Uh, we'll be out there for that. I'm looking forward to that. And then the final race of the year, December 10th and 11th, is the Enduro at, uh, at MSR Houston. I also love the idea that there's a December event because for a lot of people, club racing ends before Thanksgiving. And it's a long wait to get to the next season. And I think to have that little event where a lot of people can show up as a social event during the holidays, it could almost be the enduro christmas party or holiday party event i love the fact that we've got a little something to do in december and as a person who's going to do a podcast don't give me something to talk about too so uh, i love that so that's the schedule i think it's it's not i think it's ambitious enough for the first year i'm guessing that 
going forward, depending on numbers and everything that could expand in the coming years to more races than just those five, correct? Yeah, it could. I don't know that we want it to be the 20 event national solo tour. Um, You know, again, the goal here is to get regions um, uh, up and running with the concept. Um, It is going to be a little bit different philosophically, the way that we conduct these events. It's going to look a little different than, than, you know, it's not just going to be run. These aren't going to be GCR races, but just longer. Right. Um, you know, there's still an opportunity and, and, and actually I, I want to kind of give a distinction, like what's a, what's an enduro, what's a sprint race, what are these races in between, um, you know, our sprint, we're going to use some new terminology going forward. Our sprint races are really what the road racing program has, has been known as. Those are our regional races, our, our, our majors races, our super tours, the runoffs. These are races, one driver, you know, 40 minutes or less, um, and then the enduro races, the new enduro program, we want that to be the primary thing on the weekend. Okay. So those are going to be six plus hours per day um, or, or on any given day. That's the primary thing on the weekend. You might have something else maybe before or after it. Um, but the primary competition on that is the enduro. That's the focus. Then we're going to have a hybrid, the enduro sprint um, uh, that can be those middle middle range events. Um, these are events that you might sprinkle into your regional race weekend, or maybe with some time trials, a big time trials weekend. These are the, you know, hour long, 90 minute, two hour, three hour, four hour even events. And those events can be run either under the, the enduro rules, the new enduro rules or the GCR, you know, whatever, whatever makes the most sense for a region. Right. So there, there are options out there. Um, particularly in these transition years um, to make sure that, that people are still getting the motorsports opportunities that they want across country. A great option. And I'll throw it out there for consideration is to run a six hour race along with an SCCA regular race weekend where you could do an hour in the morning, first session of the day, uh, an hour before lunch or after lunch, and then an hour to end the day. And you do that on Saturday and Sunday as a cumulative event. So it's a six hour, six hour race with six separate sessions. You could do six separate drivers. You could do three separate drivers. You could do one driver for all six hours in that format. So that's something to throw out there as well. I think it's more fun with six drivers or three drivers and spread it out because of course we're here to have fun. Uh, but I, I just, I love the idea. I think it's the, in my opinion, my opinion only, with the, with the world that we're in and we've seen the success with some of the other clubs that we're not trying to do 36 races, 20 races, but this gives an opportunity to bridge into that, that space. And I think that's fantastic. So you, one final thing, just, just as far as positioning and where, you know, where is, what are we sure. trying to do with this series? Cause you're le- okay. People have said, all right, you're leading with a national championship. So this is ultra serious. Yeah. Um, it is. Championships are serious. I mean, people take runs for championships very seriously, but ultimately this is about friends getting together, pooling their resources, uh, do each doing their part as part of the team, not just as a driver or writing a check, but doing something to support the team. Will we have people that have a car and rent all the seats out? Sure. I mean, and that's okay. That gets people into the sport. But the reality is we are a club club racing is about 
doing it yourself, working with people uh, that are your friends, pooling your resources, getting, getting your hands dirty, everybody helping out on pit stops, doing things like that. Um, the price point, you know, the cars, if you, if you look at the rules, you're probably not going to be able to run a FIA or a SRO GT4 car or a GT3 car um, or, you know, purpose built race cars from, from uh, manufacturers, things like that. Um, there's going to be rules in, you know, pit stop regulations, which, which are coming uh, that are going to make it not a requirement to have some of the really fancy pit equipment right not that we're not going to allow that because you know there's some safety things involved in that and, sure and we and we want to be welcoming to people but so this is really you have to remember this is a grassroots program right um it is not um while the while the championship is serious uh this is not uh you know we're not going head to head with MSA. right um where IMSA is our partner um, you know, our goal here is to actually prep people that maybe want to go to IMSA someday, you know, get them learning how to sit in the pit lane and strategize or, or uh, how, to, how to best put a car together to make it last uh, eight hours or 16 hours or 20 hours. Right. So um, positioning wise, just keep in mind, this is a, this is a club program. Um, and the goal here is for people to get together and to have fun. And I would love at some point to get together with some of my good racing buddies and, and drag them out to the track and uh, have us all go out and do this. We've done a little bit uh, of this with some of the other organizations there. I yeah. said it, you know um, I've gone and run with some of the other organizations. I had to, you know, to, to do a little bit of market research, but uh, no, we're really excited about this program. We think it is, it falls absolutely in line with what the club is about with particularly with a lot of the things that we've done on the experiential side, it is experiential racing. It has a championship that's serious. Um, the, the team is going to be the national champion. The drivers are going to get some sort of an award, but the team is going to be the national champion. We've never had that in SCCA. It's sure. always just been individual awards. So that's something um, that a group of people can really hang their hat on. Cool. Well, I think we've gone past our time. Uh, this may end up actually being cut into two separate podcasts. I have to look at the time at the end here, but uh, I, I can't thank you enough for coming on and, and chatting with us here. And uh, I always like putting people on the spot when they can't say no. And so let's make sure that we at least get back together on an annual basis to revisit both of these topics and look at, see what, you know, what were the successes and what are the things that need to be improved on? I think that uh, an update from you on a regular basis would be fantastic. Sure thing. Now I'd love to come on anytime and uh, this topic or, you know, if we want to talk runoffs or any of the other road racing topics, happy to do it. Yeah, that's exactly what we'll do. And I appreciate it. And uh, we will we will continue on and 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 see what do we have before we end and we'll have this be the quickest answer you ever. What what what's the measure of success for this endurance program? What, what, you know, when you looked in at the end of the year, what's going to be success for you? Um, the opportunity for growth, the opportunity for growth. And that can be defined in a number of different ways. It's, it's new drivers in the SCCA program. It's people looking at the pilot pro, pilot events, the initial inaugural events and getting excited and, and talking about building cars and, and bringing cars out to the next events. 
cool. we have we, we we don't we don't expect to have sold out fields. Um, we're realistic, but uh, no, I mean each event is going to have a car count that I think we want to have a target to hit. Um, those are going to be different based on the venue, sure. um, but it is but it is going to be positive buzz coming out of the year um, and pe- more people wanting to do it. That's going to do it for this week's episode of Inside the SCCA. If you like what you're hearing, subscribe, leave a remark, leave a comment, especially if it's a good one. If this is a production of the Racing Wire Podcasting Network, that's where you can find us on all of your favorite podcasting platforms. And you can follow us on social media where you can find out where our next guest is and leave a question. On Twitter, it's racingwire.net. We also post all of our stuff on the official SCCA Facebook page. So this is the Inside the SCCA, a new episode every week. Have yourself a good week and go play with cars. Inside the SCCA is a presentation of the Racing Wire Podcast Network and Rural 15 Productions. This podcast is not affiliated with, endorsed, or sponsored by the Sports Car Club of America. The views expressed within are those of the host and our guests and not that of the SCCA.